Welcome back, everyone, to this episode of bonus content for the first bonus chapter, Bible the first study. few <laughs> bonus bonus Bible study for the yeah first few chapters, <laughs> first four chapters of Joshua. Yes. Wow, we uh yeah we're getting into it right here, and I wanted to kind of dive into more about like who Joshua is, where we've like heard about him before mm-hmm. this moment, just kind of like give us a brief recap of of him in general, and also like explore a couple other things about him, like in other cultures as well. Because oh. I didn't realize, but apparently Joshua uh, holds a great position of respect among the Muslim community. So according to Islamic tradition, he was, along with Caleb, one of the two believing spies who Moses had sent to spy in the land of Canaan. So that's all the same. Exactly, yeah. And Muslims see Joshua as the leader of the faithful following the death of Moses. So some Muslims also believe Joshua to be the attendant of Moses, mentioned in the Quran before Moses meets Kedar. Joshua plays a role in Islamic literature with a significant narration in the Hadith. Huh. I don't know if I'm saying those things correctly, but yeah. So that's kind of fun. Well, and when, then, we, yeah, when, we get to, when we get to drunk Quran study, then we'll know right. more there about those things. We'll do that next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted to go on. Yeah. Let's see. So Yeshua, it's a rendering of the Hebrew language. Yeshua is Joshua. Mm-hmm. So Yahweh in salvation is what it means. Which is fun. Okay, right, because we talked uh, before about how... Have. Aren't there theories slash facts, maybe theories, I don't know <laughs> which, that that's actually the name of Jesus was Yeshua, was Joshua? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, there's like multiple, yeah, Yahweh and salvation. It requires a different vocalization of the second name component. Reading it is also related to Hoshua, the... Name used in the Torah before Moses added the divine name. The modern linguistic analysis of the name, however, is Yahweh is lordly. So Jesus is also a derivative of the, of the Greek transliteration of Yeshua in via Latin. Oh. So yeah, they are close together. Yeah, um, some, but maybe originally were slightly different in Hebrew, but were similar enough that they get transcribed the same is kind of what I'm seeing yeah. in some stuff here. Hmm. Well, maybe you have to look into that more... Once we get yeah. to well, wait, but hang Once on, we but don't there. we? Yeah. But didn't Moses gave Joshua a different name? He did. Yes. Remember, he was like, "I'm gonna call you Josh," and his, but his original name was something different. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't you remember that? <laughs> I vaguely remember. That, that was a long time ago. It was when Joshua first showed up. Right. You're right. He was. Um, boy, his name was Hosea. That's what it was. Hosea. And Moses was Hoshea, like, "I'm not saying yeah. that." <laughs> It's like, you will be named Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, that makes sense. So something I didn't realize, it said that apparently, yeah, okay, he was charged by Moses with selecting and commanding a militia group for their first battle after exiting Egypt against the Amalekites and Rephidim. Uh, in which they were victorious. And this is all the way back in Exodus. And then he later accompanied Moses when he ascended biblical Mount Sinai to commune with God, visualized God's plan for the Israel tabernacle and received the Ten Commandments. I'm like, really? He was there? Yeah, I remember that. It said... Yeah, I remember him being mentioned. I don't remember specifically what the events were, but I remember him coming up a couple times and it was like, oh, 
Is it that Joshua? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It says it says Joshua's Joshua was with Moses when he descended from the mountain, heard the Israelite celebrations around the golden calf, and broke the tablets bearing the words of the commandments. Mm-hmm. Similarly, in the narrative, which refers to Moses being able to speak with God in his tent, meeting outside the camp, Joshua is seen as a custodian of the tent when Moses returned to the Israel encampment. However. He, when Moses returned to the mountains to recreate the tablets, Joshua was not present, as the biblical text states, no man shall come up with you. So apparently, yeah. And then, so, of course... So, well, I just wonder if he, like, if Yahweh's like, I need some people to stay behind and make sure there's no more golden calves this time. So, maybe, you know, no one else can come with you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. then, yeah. And later, he was identified as one of the 12 spies sent by Moses. The, so right. he was the two good... Yeah, and he and Caleb gave the encouraging report, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's see. One other thing was that there's a prevailing scholarly view that the book of Joshua is not a factual account of historical events, which I found very interesting. I was like, oh, okay. Uh The apparent setting of Joshua is 13th century BCE, a time of widespread city destruction, but with a few exceptions, the destroyed cities are not the ones in the Bible. The Bible associates with Joshua, and the ones it does associate with him show little to no sign of even being occupied at the time. Fascinating. Interesting. Just, uh, yeah, (laughs) interesting that that kind of like isn't quite what scholars think happened during that exact time. Yeah, when I was trying to pick out a new theme song for us, one of the things that I was looking at was, uh, you know, like, what are the sort of the themes in Joshua? You know, I didn't want too many spoilers, you know, besides what I remember, but, you know, tried to look up kind of what are general themes. And in doing that, did see some stuff about the theories about the sources and that this was probably written at a much later time. Similar to Deuteronomy. Similar, exactly. Similar to Deuteronomy, where it's probably wasn't meant to necessarily historically represent what happened right then, but it was more like for its time was a message to try to tell its people like, Hey, these are things that happened. These are the legends that you should try to live up to or, or whatever it was. Um, But yeah, but that similarly, it seems like a lot of scholars agree on that, that it was actually written much later and was actually kind of colored by some other political things going on at the time. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. What, what did what did you look up? What did I look up? What did I look up? What did oh, you look up? I looked up this. I don't know. What this, did you look up? This awesome business with the river, because I, partly I wanted to know like why do we not talk about this? Like why don't I know this story? This seems like an awesome story. It seems like an easy story to tell the kids. It, yeah. You know, I'm like, were the Sunday school teachers worried that? we would hear this story and then somehow the Red Sea would become less special because it's happened mm-hmm. twice. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. Cause you don't, okay. So you don't remember the story at all. That's fascinating. No, the part about the, the Jordan becoming a wall of water and really? then walking across huh. it. No, I don't remember any of that. Uh, and wow. it just seems like such all a right. cool story that as a kid, I would have been like, wow, cool. Just like with the Red Sea. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't get that. What I did find, though, in looking into this is, like, the significant pieces of it is one is that it was a repeat of yes. something that Yahweh had done with Moses. Right. So the fact yeah. that Yahweh is doing it with Joshua is significant to show, like, yes, Joshua is also, you know, a blessed, a by, big deal. blessed by Yahweh, big deal. Yeah, big a deal. Be- 
BBYBD. <laughs> Blessed by Yahweh, big deal. Um, also, from reading some of these reports, the, it did become a wall, like uh, the, the heap. It is like the river sort of became a wall of water. So I, I was not, that wasn't just my envisioning of this cool movie we're going to make, but uh, that is what other people think too. And yeah, I guess that's it. Just that like, it was sort of this significant sign that that he was able to to do the stuff that Moses could do. Hmm. Um, but I'm just, I feel like I want to get to the bottom of this conspiracy of why this story was hidden from me as a child. I feel robbed of this story. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if I'm manufacturing this memory or okay. not, but I just remember specifically in my third grade class, Wow. In second okay. and third grade, that when it was time for Bible class, that mm-hmm. there was a lot of, I mean, multimedia presentations were very limited back in these days. Mm-hmm. And so basically, I remember the teacher just had a bunch of little, not quite printouts, but these like printed, like painted illustrations yeah. of what was going okay. on. And so as we were reading through the verses, she would kind of hang these up so that the kiddos can have an easier time right, imagining what's going yeah. on. And I feel like I remember seeing one of those that is these, like the priests in the Jordan hmm. with the ark and the water being gone. But again, I right. could be manufacturing that. Yeah, I feel like I do remember this, but again, it was that same thing where I was like, it's not as impressive as the Red Sea. And so... <laughs> but the river became a wall. That's super cool. The wall part is cool. Sweet. And I don't remember them ever <laughs> emphasizing the wall part of it. So to yeah, be fair. I don't either. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What, what do you got for us? Well, I tried to look up as much as I could about Rahab without getting too much into spoilers mm-hmm. because Rahab's not totally done here. Okay. Not completely. From the tiny bit that I looked at before you took over looking at that, she's like very, very much not done. Like, yeah. We're going to talk about Wait. her for a long oh, time. Really? Yeah, yes, in the future, yes. Not to spoil too much, but she will be talked about in the New Testament. Like yes. she's mentioned she as gets someone some we name remember. Drops. She gets some name drops in the New Testament, yeah. Um, so first thing that's interesting is that there's some debate as to whether or not Rahab was a prostitute or mm-hmm. if she just ran mm-hmm. an inn. She may have been an innkeeper. However, at that time, apparently it was common for inns and brothels to essentially be the same thing, like kind of in the same place, you know? Like like in the old Western movies where yes, like you exactly. go stay at the saloon yeah. that's exactly. also the hotel. Of course, hotel all the prostitutes are there. And, also, and so yeah, you can, okay. yeah, exactly. Right. So that's kind of a... Uh, the jury's out on that one. However, okay. they do point out the fact that inns in general were a good place for spies to go to get intelligence. Okay. Because... Because everyone's drinking. Everyone's and drinking. Out. Everyone's hanging out. Uh, people yeah. are passing through. You know, you kind of get... I okay. guess you're able to hang out and listen. And Right. So maybe these spies weren't so terrible <laughs> after they all. They still got found they out. They still got found out. It's they were true. asking too many questions. They, they were too obvious. They went straight to the place where spies go, which mm. is the inn. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, other thing that's interesting is, she, you know, we talk about how Rahab hid the spies under flax uh-huh. on her roof. Yeah. And that was a common practice yeah. that like when the harvest was happening, you'd harvest it and then you set it to dry on your roof. Oh, and so okay. it would make sense oh, that you just have all this perfect. stuff on your roof. Exactly. So you could just hide them up there. Huh. Um, okay. Now, here's where stuff gets a little bit nuts is <laughs> when okay. when we get into the rabbinic literature and now the rabbinic literature is basically commentary that's been written by various like rabbis and Jewish thinkers mm-hmm. about the Torah and the mm-hmm. Talmud over the years and as happens in many religious traditions like the co- the early commentaries also sometimes held as like 
canon, essentially, mm-hmm. or very sacred as well. I'm going to read you this this translated passage from the Megillah, Megillah okay. 15a, which is part of the rabbinic literature. Um, so first of all, well, I'll just summarize this first part for you, that basically Rahab is named as one of the four most beautiful women ever, just ever Ev- around. Just ever. Oh. ever. She's like Helen of Troy. But, yes. But in this, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, okay. um, including the other three are Sarah, who we've met. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, Abraham's Sarah. wife. Uh, Abigail, uh-huh. who I, do I don't think song. we've met we've, yet. I don't think we've met Abigail. And Esther, we also have not met mm. yet, but we will. Yeah. Um, mm. Now I'm going to read you this translated part also about um, Rahab. So Rabbi Yitzhak said, anyone who says Rahab, Rahab, immediately experiences a seminal emission due to the arousal of desire, desire caused by Rahab's great beauty. Wow. Okay. Now... It's, it's like saying Bloody Mary in the mirror. Now. <laughs> Rahab, Rahab. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay, yeah. now it goes on. It goes okay. on. Okay. Rav Naaman said to him, I say Rahab, Rahab, and it does not affect me. Mm. <laughs> Rabbi Yitzhak okay. said to, to Rav Naaman, when I said this, I was specifically referring to one who knows her personally and recognizes mm. her beauty. Only for one who has met Rahab in person is the mere mention of her name capable of arousing lust. So... <laughs> Um, huh. Okay, so okay. so the takeaway is not that the name itself is somehow magical like Bloody Mary, but that if you've seen her, then even hearing her name, you'd just be like, oh, wow. Like if you've been with her, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Or you know about her. Know not her even that you've been with her, way. but you've known her. You've just seen her. Yeah. She's but then you legendary. Say, you say yes. the word Rahab Rahab and just like instant or it, orgasm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Sweet. <laughs> cool. is that, is that, that's what you got? <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's going to be more of Rahab. She's going to still be there. We're going to read more about her. But that's what I that's what I got for now. Again, Rahab, wow. one of the very Lovely. few very few role models that ladies are given in the Bible. Yeah. To just, I guess, be hospitable and be kind and also betray the city that you live in. Well, and be on Yahweh's side, no be matter what. Be on Yahweh's what. side, yeah. yes. Well, yeah. kind of like, although it's interesting, though, that so I, the one other example I can think of, of someone who is not one of the Israelites, but who is on Yahweh's side was Balaam. Balaam, yes. But then he ends up then getting... Exactly, he got screwed too. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's why I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. I think she's right, cause got she's it not, coming for her. she's not a Jew. Yeah, so no. it's gonna. So there's really jury's know. out. There's no loyalty. Don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's the scary part. Well, everyone, I guess we'll find out. We will find out next week. Gird your loins. <laughs> yes. Don't say Rahab too many times. No, unless that's what you're going for. Indeed. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next week when we finally, hopefully, maybe get to find out what happens with Rahab and her family, as well as picking yeah. some booty. In Canaan, in Jericho, wherever we are. I don't know. Wherever. See you next week. See you then.